Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, featuring Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. Hello and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101. My name's Blue, alongside me are the world-famous Pot Brothers of the Law and Mr. Joe Grande. And Welcome, Christopher Wright. Hello. To the greatest cannabis show on this earth. I say definitely in Orange County. <laughs> that covered it. I, that's the, the Earth, <laughs> the Earth you know? yeah. the, the galaxy. Universe, the galaxy. Uh, there it is. From here to Pluto. E- either way. All the way. We are on fire, and thank you guys all for listening to our podcast, Cannabis Talk 101, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is now currently heard in 109 different countries, and we appreciate all of you listening to us. You ever want to make a call, 800-420-1980 is the number to leave us a message. Make sure you check out our Instagram pages for daily news. Learn the script and so much more about our personal lives at Cannabis Talk 101 at pot underscore brothers underscore at underscore law. Mark is at Waslaw. Craig's at Waslaw Dog. Blue is at one Christopher Wright. Yes. And I am at Joe Grande 52. Richard DeLisi, and of course, his lovely lawyer, Elizabeth is with them, but Richard DeLisi is currently the longest surviving prisoner for nonviolent cannabis offenses in the United States. Now, Richard has been incarcerated since 1988, serving over 32 years of his 90-year sentence. Richard is now 71 years old and has grown immensely as a person while incarcerated. He has accepted responsibility for his actions in his past, and as he quotes, I say, I am remorseful for everything that I have done that is unlawful and fully embraces every opportunity to better himself and those around him as a result of richard's good behavior and good time credits he has a release date for august 26 2022 but because of covid 19 that day is now here yes now we have him via zoom with us yes richard thank you so much for coming on i want to start off with how much weed did you have on you that got you incarcerated, and walk us down the story of how you got arrested. Well, I actually had no weed on me. It was actually the reverse thing, is what they call it. You know, that's when the police and a confidential informant sets you up. It was um, it was an old friend of mine uh, that owed me some money for an aircraft that he had stolen and crashed um, uh, while I was in prison. And um, I was actually trying to collect the money that he owed me. And instead he, he you know, he was working with the FDLE and uh, all the other organizations, I believe, um, I believe Elizabeth knows the names of all of them, right? What would yeah, it- the confidential department was working with the DEA, customs, uh, IRS, the Federal Bureau of uh, Tobacco and uh, Firearms and all just different, all the different government organizations, and he was receiving a check from each of them. So, wow, wow. <laughs> so let me, you know, when it's so crazy that they actually thought that this guy was legit. You know what I mean? And meanwhile, he was just stealing from everywhere he could. 
he was taking from every organization, and they were paying him with $50, $100 bills. That's the best part of it all. And when I went to trial, I found out that he was worth like, I don't know, 14 or $22 million or something. Some ridiculous number. And um, they didn't even care. You know, all they were happy was that, that he was doing that job for them. You know what I mean? No. And all that Richard did was just agree. He set up the plans in motion to bring in 1,500 pounds of cannabis from first it was going to be Colombia and then Jamaica. And by that change in countries that the actual informant had made the decision of, they were able to charge Richard with an extra charge of conspiracy to traffic cannabis from uh, 100 to 2,000 pounds. So he got hit with an extra charge for a change that he didn't even make the decision for. What state did this all happen out of? Florida. Florida. Wow. Now, now, do you speak Spanish? I'm sorry? Do you speak no, he's Italian. I said, do you speak Spanish? Oh, yeah. She said, no, he's Italian. What the hell were you doing in Colombia? <laughs> you know? well, um, I had, I had uh, interpreters and stuff. I wound up uh, in Colombia in the old days. I had bought a coffee plantation down there. That's what they call it. You guys are at the age, but I don't know if you remember Santa Marta Gold. I, I the, the name sounds sounds familiar. All right, well they use that that strain now to grow other stuff, but that's the only thing that I ever smuggled in my life was Santa Marta Gold. Gotcha. So now, coffee now, beans was your was your come up. I'm sorry. S- slinging coffee beans was your job back in the days. That that was your come up. No, no, I had just had the coffee plantation because I bought it and it was cheap and there was a beautiful miller on it, you know? Now, when, when they, when they you know, arrested this, inf- I mean, the, the informant, was he previously arrested? And is this someone that you knew for multiple years? Oh, he's been arrested so many times, it was ridiculous. Gotcha. Matter of fact, they let him get away with bringing 450 kilos of, mar- of uh, cocaine into the country. Wow. Wow. So he was yeah. working. They let, him, they, let him, they let him do so much stuff. And when he was on pro, parole or probation or something, he was driving down the road and the police pulled him over and they opened his trunk and they found a machine gun in there. <laughs> a wow. convicted felon. Now, this guy just got on the phone. Or he got on the radio or whatever with the police and got in touch with uh, this guy called Bill Wolf from the FDLE. He passed away now. But um, he got him out of it every time. Wow. So, Richard, so he, as this guy's your buddy, like Blue said, how, how long did you know this guy before you started going down this path with him? Oh, I knew him. I knew him a real long time. He was a personal friend of mine. Jeez. And you didn't know about his past working with the FBI and all that other shit? No, he wasn't doing that. When I went to prison, that's when he started doing all of that. So wait, wait, when did oh, you first so, go to prison? In 19... Um, 1981, Richard and his brother were the first racketeering marijuana case in Florida. They had been operating a pretty significant operation. And, um, you know, the agents, the officers who worked on the case, the prosecutors, they all wanted Richard and his brother, Ted, to get, you know, a significant amount of prison time. And they didn't get that. They got a couple years each. And so then once Richard was out, during that time period as well as when the informant was also in prison. So while the informant was in prison, he was approached by the different agents and he became an informant during that. And then when Richard was released is when the informant started approaching him multiple times to try to get him to take the bait. So that way these agents you know, could get that solid big win that they had wanted. And at, uh, at that point you, you thought you were just dealing with your buddy and that was it. I imagine. Richard, trying to collect the debt that he owed me. Right. Did they ever ask you, Richard, to 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 roll over and be an informant as well? Oh yeah, they sure did. You're a good man, sir. There's no uh, rat in your blood, huh? I'm an Italian guy from Brooklyn. We don't play that. That's right. You're yeah, there's man. certain rules. I agree, man. You that's can't why, do that. That's why I ask rules and regulations where I come from. No, I know. You know, I I uh, I, I understand. You know, because we it, all agree with you as well. Yeah, it's 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 not it's definitely not corned beef and chicken. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> so l- let me let me say this. Um, you know, what was it? And I, you know, honor. I mean, you I, you just answered the best of your ability. Was it pretty much all just cannabis, or was there, you know, because I know when you start moving in a lot of cannabis, a lot of other things start coming into play, right? So, you know, was there um, other things that were being involved, or is that something you can't talk about? One time I was on a runway in Columbia. We were loading a, we were loading one of my DC fours. I don't know if you know what kind of aircraft that is. No. It's a giant four-engine aircraft that you could drive a couple of tractor trailers and so Okay, a big one. Ah, yeah. Nice. All right. So I used to put like uh, about twenty-five thousand pounds in it of cannabis. Yes, yeah. and one day I was out there, and um, and these other Colombians were out there, and one of their friends didn't show up, and they had like I think they had uh, twenty. I think 20,000 kilos of coke. Put it this way, it was the size of five tractor trailers. Jesus Christ. With canvas over it. Right. Did that they come from George, George Young? Came through this other airplane that was supposed to come get it. And the guy said to me, hey, man, uh, you know, he said to my, my Colombian connection, he said, hey, tell you, tell, they used to call me Toro down there. Toro the Bull. So he said, um, see if Toro will take this back on his airplane instead of the weed, and he doesn't have to pay us, you know, for a couple of months, and we'll charge him this and that for the things. And I told him, I said, hey, listen, buddy, I don't handle none of that kind of stuff. That stuff kills people. Yeah. I told him, right there on the spot, I said, I like to bring stuff that makes people feel good about themselves and makes their body feel good. And the guy, the guy couldn't comprehend that, that I didn't want to make the millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I just told him, no, that's just not me and my brother, you know? Yeah. And we, we had that opportunity so many times that I would never do it, you know? You know, I, I share that story with you because uh, my father and I, you know, were a, a little team for a lot of years, allegedly. And, and um, we... Um, we we did a lot of Started moves. pushing a lot of weight. We we've done a lot of moves ourselves, you know, and and through that process, there was so many times that that we've been approached with that, you know. People would say, "Hey, you know, do this or throw that in there, and, and let's do that," and it was just like, "No, we're good, we're good." We, you know, my dad would always preach to me. He's like, "You know, we we don't we don't sell that shit. That shit gets you killed." You know, it's like it kills people. It, that, yeah. It, yeah, it gets it gets you killed. It, it kills people. It's like we we don't do that, and so it was just always off limits. You know, so and I know I know that that ethical. You know, <laughs> that moment you're like God, but the money looks so good, but you're just going no, nah, we can't make that play. So at one, I, I appreciate you for that because a lot of people can't. You know, um, a lot of people are just in it for the money and fuck it. If yeah. I'm there and we can load yeah. it up, let me get some more money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, see, I wasn't into it just for the money. I was into it because me and my friends liked it. You know what I mean? Yep. And we liked the way it made us feel. I used to say to my brother, I remember when I was like 14 and I, and I finally got high, I, uh, I had hurt my ankle and I was smoking a joint with my brother. And I said to my brother, I said, you know something, Dad? My ankle feels so much better. And he said to me, yeah, get out of here. It's only because you're stoned. I said, no, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, this stuff's got something, something to do with doing something to your body besides just getting you high. You know what I mean? And uh, after that, my brother was a pure believer after that because he knew I wouldn't tell him something. Me and my brother are very, very close. You know. And did your brother do time with you as well, or or did he? Yes, he, did. he got out uh, seven years or seven. I think seven or eight years early because he was able to win an appeal on his conspiracy to traffic conviction. So they had both um, been charged with racketeering and then trafficking cannabis and conspiracy to traffic cannabis. And the judge gave them each 30 years of the charges and then to run them um, consecutively. So to amount to the 90 years. So each of them were supposed to have done the 90 years, but luckily Ted had won that appeal that he got out early. And the best part was I only called for 12 to 17 and the parole probation officer in Polk County in Florida said, no, no, just give him 12. And they gave me three thirties running wild. 
Oh, wow. wow. 90 altogether. That's fucking crazy. Yes. So, Look, Elizabeth, yeah. um, when did you take on this case? What made you decide to take on this case? How did it, how did it come to you? So back in the early time of quarantine, I was online and I had seen The Last Prisoner Project had a video of how you could help, you know, people serving these lengthy sentences for nonviolent cannabis offenses. So I sent them an email that I wanted to volunteer. And a couple of weeks later, they uh, emailed me back saying they had Richard DeLisi here. He actually was in the same county as me, Palm Beach County. Um, his home was about 35 minutes away from mine. And so from there, I was paired with two other attorneys and we worked, you know, around the clock to try to, you know, try to get him early release. We first tried with the clemency route and that was a no-go. So um, finally we were able to raise enough attention and awareness that somebody at the Florida Department of Corrections went in and found every day possible of game time to give Richard. And so that way he would get out early. Because while we were trying to make the argument that the virus was a threat, they were not, they're not releasing people in Florida because of COVID-19. Right. Well, there, you know, it doesn't exist in Florida, right? Everything's open and all that good stuff. Club, <laughs> bar, anything you want, you can go to. But yeah. he's trying to save, even though he's waited so long to see everything. We went and saw the um, hard, new Hard Rock Casino down here, so made yes. sure we wore masks and everything, but try to be safe. Did he, I, did he buy you a drink? <laughs> That's Elizabeth, the lawyer. We have uh, Richard DeLisi serving a 90-year sentence. Did not serve the full 90. When we come back, Richard, I want to ask you how you felt when these lawyers came into the cell, into the prison, and said, we're going to get you out. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after this. Woo! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Turn the typical into something special. When it comes to infused products, the flavor you taste should be just as enjoyable as the feeling you experience. Visit the website at loranoils.com. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. Joe Grande was talking about Richard DeLisi, you're in prison. And I don't know how many people may have approached you before with, you know, a cannabis case going, this is bullshit. You can't be getting 90 years for cannabis. But I'm going to roll the dice and say there's probably been a few. How did you feel when Elizabeth and her team walk in, or how did that all happen when they approached you going, I think we want to work on this case to help you get out? Well, it didn't really start with Elizabeth and the last prisoner project. It started out with, um, I don't know if you ever uh, seen uh, freedelete.com. No, not familiar with that. 
freedomec.com was the first movement. And that's more or less, I guess, how you guys actually found out about it. Actually, right? I did yeah. see your website. Sorry, I didn't understand you. Yes, your website, I did see that. So, okay, I'm familiar with freedomec.com. It was by his son and his nephew, and they had really pushed for the last 20 or so years oh, as nice. the internet was Oh, okay. Right. That. They really laid that groundwork. So when we came in, we already had some of that website already up, and people had already had some awareness of his case. Got you. That's awesome. And then what happened? They walked in, but how, I mean, this was the final stage of you getting out. Walk us through that process, Richard. Well, what happened was um, I, I called my son at 6 o'clock in the morning one day. He lives in Amsterdam, and my son had told me, and my, my oldest son had called him at 2 o'clock in the morning, but he was sleeping. He didn't think he understood what he said. So I said to him, well, what did David say to you? He said, he told me that, that your date changed. I said, come on, Rick, don't even play around like that. He said, no, Dad, your date changed. Because when I woke up, I thought I dreamed that he told me that. And I went down and I checked the computer and your date has changed. And the date that he had told my, my, my younger, his younger brother, was that uh, the date changed. Uh, to five months and 13 days. And then when he went on it, it was like at five months and two days or something. So he knew that something was going on. So uh, I'm sitting in my cell and they call me, they call me over loudspeaker and they tell me report to the officer station in class A uniform, that classification wants to see me immediately. And this is very unusual for like 10 o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Right. So um, I got dressed and everything, and I went down to classification, and uh, I went inside a classification, and the head, the head DOC person, because I was in a private prison at the time, uh, was in a place called South Bay Correctional in, in uh, South Bay, Florida, and um, the DOC lady was there from the Department of Corrections of Florida, and also the head classification officer of South Bay and my classification officer. So now I'm very, very nervous because they call me down to tell me that they made some kind of mistake on a computer. And if I happen to see it, uh, don't be aware, don't be, uh, don't be uh, uh, crazy about it because the date didn't change. This is what I'm thinking in my head, you know, because on the way up there, I stopped in the hallway to talk to the, this other lady. And when she put my, my, um, my name in the computer, it showed 2027. So I'm thinking, oh, they fixed whatever it was, you know, and that's what they want to talk to me about. So I walk into the office and I sit down and I said, uh, Miss Scott was very close to me. You know, she became a good friend of mine, my classification officer. And Miss Scott said to me, I said, Miss Scott, is everything all right? She said, yeah, everything's looking pretty good, actually. And uh, I looked up the DOC lady, and she said, uh, well, the, the head of classifications, the DOC up in Tallahassee is going to be calling you and telling you uh, what's going on. So I sat there for a few minutes, and I was asking some questions. And the phone rang, and sure enough, I'm speaking to the head of classification in Tallahassee, which is unheard of. Right, right. You're getting a call in fucking prison. <laughs> I've never heard of that in 32 years. <laughs> I'm like, this guy Rusty's on the phone. So I get on and he goes, he goes, hi, Richard, how you doing? I said, okay. Uh, I said, who is this? Is this is this Rusty? He said, yes. He said, uh, I'm calling you to let you know your date had changed. And I didn't want you to find out about it some other way. I wanted to explain to you what's going on. So I said, okay. So now the date is like in five months and three or four days or something, right? So I, while I was in prison, I got like five disciplinary actions, which means like uh, one was for kissing my girlfriend twice in the visiting park. Um, another one was for leaving my job because I had the food and I had to use the bathroom. You know, stupid stuff. So I said to him, you know, I said to the guy when I'm talking to him, after I, I talked to him for 45 minutes, which was crazy. Right. And um, 
about, I guess, 35, about 30 minutes into the conversation, I said, oh, you know, I had these DRs and I was, I was going to ask you if this all was really true, if there was any way I could get a little of the game time back that I lost for the disciplinary action. And uh, he said, uh, yeah, I'm going to discuss that with you in a minute, but there's a few more things. And then he went on to tell me some other stuff. And then he went back to me and he said, um, oh, yeah, I guess he was checking to see what the DRs were, you know? Right. And he said, I can't believe they gave you DRs for this bullshit. Good. He said, it's right on the loudspeaker, you know? That's great. He said, I can't believe they gave you DRs for such bullshit. I said, yeah, I thought the same thing. But I'd still like to get, like, you know, two or three weeks back at a time. He said, how much time did you lose? I said, four months. He said, I'm giving it all back to you. Yeah. <laughs> so now yeah. it went. Now five. it went from five months to a, month. to a couple of days. Wow. Days, yeah. wow. How'd you feel right at that moment? That happened on election day. So yeah. I was volunteering at the polls. I got a phone call from him, and he gave me the good news. And wow. it was a lot of happy tears. Oh, um, I want to cry. You know, so, so right? I know yeah. it's so like that I know was a great roller coaster ride them all. And Elizabeth, so, so take us behind the scenes of what you and the other attorneys did that led up to this yeah. and got this call going. So, well, we initially thought we would try to get him clemency in Florida. That process is backed up about two years. So Richard would have been out most likely no matter what, even before his clemency application would have been heard by the governor. So we really just worked hard to try to bring awareness. We, you know, were in contact with the White House. We were trying everything because we knew that if President Trump called up Governor DeSantis, it could be done overnight. So we just kept trying to, you know, every route possible. And um, then we went the media, you know, going to the media, and we put up the evidence that Richard had been really over sentenced. You know, that everyone else in Florida who had been um, subject to racketeering or marijuana traffickers, they all had like 11 year sentences, like the most anyone had ever been sentenced to in Florida for racketeering was 38 years. Meanwhile, Richard was given 90 years. Right. Oh, wow. So we were able to really present that evidence. And we think that that is kind of what pushed someone to, you know, whether it was Rusty or someone else in that office to really go through and see, okay, let's give them this time to get them out. What actually happened was, and, um, and, and Elizabeth agrees with me. I said to her that there's been so much pressure put on these people. They came up with some kind of hogwash to tell me that I lost some game time. Because I don't know if you guys ever did any time. Well, when you do, a couple of us have been in jail. I've got a, <laughs> These yeah. two guys. <laughs> the two Latin guys up here have. You know exactly when you're getting your game time <laughs> and exactly how much you have every day that you're in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you're waiting for a good day to come. I believe, I believe that the senators and the lobbyists that, that the, the last prisoners project was involved with got in touch with them, and they said, get this guy out of prison. He's raising way too many eyebrows in the media. Like I was on every TV program. I mean, every news broadcast, Channel 10, Fox 12, um, uh, all these channels I was on. I, I, I'd fire up the TV in the day room. We'd be watching TV, and I'd be seeing my face on television. You know? <laughs> You're a superstar in prison. There he the is. Well, was I was on the I was on the news inside of my inside of my quad where I lived wow. because they had a Kia there. You know the Kia thing that was the, the kiosk with the camera, right? So he was able to record some messages. Oh no way! Broadcasting live from prison. Wow, technology has gotten so great. Yeah, it actually worked. Yes, it did. It actually worked, but. It was a team effort, you know. Everybody, it took, it took freedelisi.com, it took the last prisoners project, and it took some three super lawyers and uh, 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 a, law, a lawyer that's going to be a lawyer here shortly <laughs> to get right. me out 
be talking to you right now. That's great. Well, it's a blessing because cannabis shouldn't put anybody behind jails no. just for that left alone. 32 Absolutely. years you served and you come out, you get that call, you're in that room on the phone. Walk me through a little emotional and emotions right there. Did you drop to your knees? Did you go to your cell and fall down on the side of the bed? Like, what did you do to go, holy shit, getting I'm out. getting out in fucking less than a month? back and Dang. I said to myself, I'm walking down the hallway because there's a long hallway going into the the four, the, the five quads, you know? Right. It's one of these circular deals and there's five different quads, all two-man rooms. And I was walking down the hallway and, um, you know, I had all these crazy thoughts in my mind. Holy cow, I could be home with my family here so shortly. It's ridiculous. This this can't be happening. I, I thought I was actually dreaming to tell you the truth. <laughs> Walking down the hallway. I believe I, it. This must be a dream that I'm having. Too much Pruno. I'm looking down there and pinching my hand, right? I'm saying, and I say hello to the sergeant, and the sergeant says, how's everything going? I said, it seems to be pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I walked inside, and when I walked inside, I went in, and I got a really close friend that's, uh, you know, was my roommate that, that helped me out so much, a guy named Sean Bass. He's really a fabulous uh, character, and um, he would always help me. And, and when I when I looked at Sean, and right now it makes me cry when I think about it, I looked at Sean, and he looked at me, and he started crying. He said, something good just happened to you. <laughs> oh, that's... You ain't going to believe this. I'm going home. And he said, when? And I said, probably the ninth or the 10th the next month. But... I think it's going to be more like the eight. And he just broke up into tears, grabbed a hold of me, and was saying hallelujah to Jesus. I'm talking about big time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got tears in my eyes. I, I do. Suck. So do we. So do we. So do we. I'm over here crying. I, I wanted to get a good little emotions. That's why I was like, <laughs> I wanted to feel this. And I know you had wow. it in you. Man. Yeah. Man, that's special. So, so you know, you, you get out. Okay, and and well, the, did you have at least a one goodbye spread before you one. left? <laughs> yeah, I'm not out yet, right? But while I'm in the dormitory, uh, one day before I get out, the warden comes to me, and he says to me, uh, "Hey, uh, I'm getting the word that there's all kinds of media people getting set up at the end of the road. No, they were getting set up in the parking lot the day before. Oh. <laughs> you know, all kinds of." TV stations all over the country. And I said, uh, you know, he was making it like it was my fault. I said, this don't have anything to do with me. You know, I don't know nothing about what's going on outside. I'm in, I'm in, a, I'm not still in my car. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make the fucking phone calls. What do you want from me? <laughs> you know, you, uh, you coming to me, I tell me that I got to do something about it. I can't do nothing about it. Whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. But I had no idea. So he tells me, I don't want to make this thing into a zoo. You know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make the media go down the road to the big parking lot that's right down the road. That wasn't right in front of the prison, right? So I said, uh, whatever you have to do, do. But, uh, you know, I you know, I wasn't really hip to the media being out there and everything. I knew that they that they were using my, my voice and stuff on their programs and stuff like that, you know. So um, I packed up all my stuff and I'm heading out the gate. I don't know if you've seen video, but if you want, we'll send it to you. You could take a good look at please it. Do, please yeah, do. Yeah, it's a peanut. I had a walker and I piled all my stuff on it. I was going to leave it behind, but I had all these things that I had to carry out. So I just loaded, <coughs> excuse me, on the walker and, um, I come around the bend, the gate is, you know, around the building, and I hear all these people screaming and yelling. There's like 60 people out there. And these aren't even media people. What? The friends and relatives that came from all over the United States. Oh, wow. Actually all over the world to be in the parking lot. Wow. So the first thing happened, you know, I, 
I broke up before I even got out the gate. Right. Sure. And then I went out the gate. Everybody hugged and kissed, and we spent the uh, probably the better part of an hour just right there in the parking lot. Sure. And then uh, my son says, "Come on, load up, pop, get in the truck. We got to go." And uh, you know, uh, everybody, lawyers, and everybody, and, and all the we went to we eat in this restaurant later on, but we told everybody where we'd be at a certain time, and we go um, we go cruising down the road, right? And when I get to the end of the road, that's where the the, the uh, cameras were set up with the with the local news and all that stuff. And um, I was just like, I'm now I'm standing, I'm standing out in front of the prison. You can see the prison in the background from where I was standing, clear as day. The gate came through and everything. And now I got a black leather jacket on and a shirt, a nice polo shirt, nice pair of pants, <laughs> nice shoes and everything. And I'm standing out in the parking lot and I'm saying, holy cow, my friend that I was just with inside are going to be watching this tonight, you know? I got to be real cool about, you know, everything. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. <laughs> I not said anybody, any of my friends that I knew I'd left behind, but uh, I didn't know it, but already, they were already broke up big time. You know what I mean? Of course. It, it was really crazy, you know? Because yeah. uh, Richard in there was affectionately called Uncle Richie, and he had all different people who he was friends with. Whereas usually people kind of stick to their cliques or their gangs. Richard was friends with everyone, and um, they really looked out for him. But yeah, they, they wouldn't let no one ever. I mean, like, I'm a big guy, you know what I mean? I mean, I wouldn't let no one mess with me anyway. But they wouldn't let anybody even have a chance to mess with me. Right. You know? So you crossed over all the lines. There was no boundaries with you. Oh, yeah. There was no one, there was no one that could do anything to me in the prison. It was unheard of. You know what I mean? And that's, that's kind of unheard of there because there's always the game. There's the prison game. There's politics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That guy's Uncle Richie and don't anybody mess with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very nice. And that's just the way it was. It was unbelievable. You know? So and, uh, when you come out now, you know, you're, you're, you're living. Are you living with your family now? What, where's, where's home? What, what do you got going on? I'm staying with my sister. Okay. And my brother-in-law. And let me ask you this, Richard. Um, uh, you know, have you considered writing a book and uh, putting um, a movie out? We got people from Hollywood already involved. Because just the stories he can tell when you're hanging out, it can, it'll blow your mind. So definitely oh, on the big screen or in books. I mean, if I was sitting here talking, I told you a couple of things that are, you know, just like little things that happened to me in my lifetime. That was involved with smuggling or whatever it might be. You'd be like, "Man, why don't you write a book about that?" Uh, maybe yeah, that's another show. I think we, we, we got to have you back and we talk about all your old exploits. Well, not only that, I want to come back on your show. I. Uh, well, yeah, we'll we're, we're actually shooting a show right now too that we'd like to even do, you know explore interview. some of these and interview interview you as well again on a different show that we're doing. Yeah, we're actually oh. we're, we're shooting a documentary uh, and and we're working on some projects that the Pop Brothers at Law have brought and with Cannabis Talk 101 and and we're actually um, you know we looking for stories like this. looking for stories <laughs> just like this. We just had the conversation yesterday and and some of the producers were asking us to to kind of keep our eyes open and then here we are today with the and it didn't even cross our minds. We until, didn't even think about it earlier to yeah. think oh this would be a perfect example of somebody yeah. that we interview that we would put this on our show. So. Maybe we're flying out there and sitting down with you again and going over a little deeper and in-depth on certain things. But, Richard, your story's amazing. We, we can go in for hours and hours. When we come back, we want to get into the high five with you. Five great questions, and I can't wait to get the answers from you. 32 years in prison just for cannabis. We'll be right back after this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. Mark and Craig, the Pop Brothers at Law with Blue and Joe Grande. And we yeah. want to give a very special thanks to Pitt peanut jen and elvis for making it all sound good and great now my favorite time of the show the cannabis talk 101 high High five five. joe richard delisi out of florida right now he served 32 years of his 90 year sentence he's now 71 years old he went in for a stupid cannabis case and now he's out free like a bird. So we're going to do it with you, Richard. We're going to ask you five simple questions. After you answer, we want your attorney, lawyer, confidant right next to you, Elizabeth, to answer the same ones as well because there's nothing like getting a lawyer who's a professional like Elizabeth as well to break the stigma because I don't know if you know this, Richard, my partner right here next to me, Mr. Mark Wasserman with the gray hair, he <laughs> is also an attorney. From the Pop Brothers at Law, he's been practicing law for over 30 years, and he is an active cannabis user and was the first attorney to ever come out on social media to smoke weed socially. So we call it coming out of the green closet. So this guy right here is a pioneer. Thank you, buddy. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. So question number one, how old are you the first time you smoked and where did you get it from? Uh, I was 14. No, I was 13. And um, we were standing in front of this candy store where I grew up in a place called Wheezy Point, New York. And um, this guy pulled up with a brand new car. I think he had a GTO or something, some kind of real nice car. I seen all the kids from the store run over to him, run over to the car, right? And I said to my friend, I looked over at my friend, I said, hey, man, what's going on with that dude? Why are the kids running over to the car? What's a, what, you know? What's everybody going over there for? I said, oh, he's selling weed. He's selling weed and ash and stuff. I said, what? What's that? He said, you know, you smoke it. So um, I found out who he was. <laughs> I found out where he was getting it from. And instead of them kids running over to his car, I was giving them four times as much, <laughs> what I mean, for the same price. And they were all my friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I, we put him out of business. He wasn't even allowed in the neighborhood anymore. <laughs> that was the first time. All right. Question number well, hold two. Hold on, Elizabeth, now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, I think when I was like 16, in the back of my friend's brand new car, we her boyfriend, it was like the most trash mids possible, but <laughs> I'm so excited to be able to try pot like everybody else had already been doing. <laughs> nice. Are you like 19 now? <laughs> yeah, very yeah, much so. Yeah. All right. Question number two of the high five. What is your favorite way to use cannabis, Richard? Um, 
I actually, um, you know, I have a problem. I have COPD now, so I, I, you know, I'm a smoker. I love to smoke. I still smoke a little bit, but I really can't. I vape a little bit too, but mostly uh, uh, these little drops I put under my tongue. Yep. They take care of my body, my physical body, and my head. All right, Elizabeth, what is your favorite way to use cannabis? I say good old joint or edibles. I definitely love edibles, gummies, cookies, candy, all of it. And she makes some good, good, good gummies. Nice. <laughs> nice. We expect some. I'm a medical card holder. Alleg- yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, well, you could drive some down to California. <laughs> you know what's so freaking unbelievable? This is what blew my mind, I think, the most of all. I spent all that time in prison for this thing, right? And uh, last week, I got my card, my medical card. Right. And I walked into a store <laughs> and bought the same thing that I was in prison for. Yes, for sir. 30 years. Wow. And no one could go to jail for it. I was like, we. I walked outside and I said, you got to be freaking kidding me. Right? Yeah. Richard, question number three of the high five. Craziest place you've ever smoked or used cannabis? Or even sold. <laughs> craziest place, place you smoked or sold? Or used. Craziest place I ever Probably under the boardwalk where I grew up when I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing. Right? <laughs> Under that good the boardwalk. Yeah. <laughs> we're having some fun under, under the, the boardwalk. Board getting high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But there, was, there was many, many wild places where I smoked. Because, sure. I mean, I would just smoke. I didn't care. You know, yeah. I would smoke. If I was flying an airplane, I'd start smoking a joint. I didn't care, you know. Or if I was out in a boat or something, fishing. You know what I mean? Part yeah. of nature. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth, what do you got weed on the boat for? What if the customs stop us? Who cares? We're throwing in the water if anybody comes around. <laughs> so <laughs> true. <laughs> Elizabeth? So many places. That is really a hard one. But I'm going to think about that. And next time that I talk to you, I'll try to think You're going to have about the- five or six other places that are going to be crazy. <laughs> what about you, Elizabeth? Probably wildest is the, in the library. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Richard, what is your go-to munchies after you get high? For question number four of the Cannabis Talk 101 High Five. It's probably um, Italian pastries or, or brownies or something like that. Especially to this, this woman that's sitting next to me, you guys have to try her brownies. I can't uh, wait. All right. All the mode, please. We, when we come to California to meet you guys, we're going to bring you a box. Oh, for yeah, no, 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 no. I don't know that that's advisable. I don't think you well, want to be crying. Regular brownies. Regular brownies. <laughs> regular brownies. <laughs> oh, regular brownies. Uh, what were you thinking? I was Mark? thinking pot brownies. Come on. What are... <laughs> <laughs> well, those two, but yeah. I'm excited about stuff. I said yeah. it, not you. Them, you those you know what? <laughs> when you get to California, we'll infuse them. Yeah, we'll take care of them when they get here. Don't worry about it. (laughs) What about you, Elizabeth? What's your go-to munchie? Um, If it's like during the day, fried chicken. Mm. If it's at night, I love making uh, warm chocolate chip cookies. Mm. Nice. I mean, both of those are key to my heart right there. Get relaxed, Joe. Fried chicken. Pitt just brought some fried chicken earlier. Question number five of the high five with Richard DeLisi and the lawyer Elizabeth sitting right next to him. Richard served... 32 years in prison just for a cannabis case. This is ridiculous. Number five, if you could smoke cannabis with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why, Richard? I'd like this. I would have said. Say that again. I wish I could sit with my son that I lost. Oh, oh. gotcha. Sorry to hear yeah, that. that. His son's about 10 years ago, and so that's what has been something he would have really enjoyed doing. Well, our condolences yes, yes. go to you, Richard. I'm sorry for your loss, and uh, that'd be a good one. That would be a good one. What about you, Elizabeth? Probably John F. Kennedy. 
Ooh, like that. And why John F. Kennedy? Just to hear some crazy stories while smoking. I feel like it'd be really cool. <laughs> you know he was probably smoking in the White House, so. Yeah. With Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Did you think that the that the weed got a lot better, Richard? What did you think of the difference from back in the day to now? The weed that I used to bring, I'd rather smoke. Wow. Really? Nice. Nice. But wow. because it was stronger, right? You said it was like a different feel. It had a beautiful feeling when you smoked it. It tasted so beautiful. More natural. And it worked the same way every single time you smoked it. That good and outdoor. Smoked, nice. Say you smoked or join it like 10 o'clock in the morning, you'd still be lit up at 1 o'clock in the afternoon from it. <laughs> That's great. And I don't know any weed that they sell today at these dispensaries that actually works like that. I mean, you can take a gummy or something, and it lasts a little while longer. But as far as smoking a joint and staying buzzed for three four hours, four and a half hours, it's impossible with the stuff today that they have today. But let me tell you something. It tastes, smells, and it's so beautiful. You know? Yes, we agree. Yes, it is. Well, you can find them on Instagram at Free Delisi, the website freedelisi.com. That's F-R-E-E-D-E-L-I-S-I. Thank you, Richard, and thank you, Elizabeth, for coming on. Your yes. story's amazing. We can't wait to slap hands with you, Richard, when you come to Los Angeles, as well as you, Elizabeth. Is there anything else that you guys would like to promote before we let you go? Just, um, I got to thank you for what you're doing, you know, trying to help other people, and that's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm really after right now. The guys that I left behind that are in there for the same type of deal as me, there was a couple of people right in the quad with me, you know? I was fortunate. I got home for Christmas. Yeah. Just still back there. Very nice. All right. Well, God bless you, brother. Thank yes. you again for coming on. Cannabis Talk 101, guys. Remember this. If no one else loves you, we, we do. do. Thanks for listening to another podcast of Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis, featuring Richard DeLisi, the longest-serving nonviolent cannabis offender who is now a free man. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter.